Hello and welcome to episode two of Coffee and Cardigans in the Classroom. I'm your host, Kat Wyland, and today's episode is about teacher burnout. But first, um, I wanted to wish everybody a happy International Day of Women and Girls in Science. Such an awesome day. Um, You know, and as a physics teacher, I definitely consider myself to be a woman in science. Um, I've always loved science and I definitely owe a lot of that to my high school biology and chemistry teachers, um, Mr. Gary Fields and Mr. Morgan Bragg. Um, I have Mr. Fields um, for bio one and bio two and then for anatomy physiology one and two. Um, We were on, I guess what they call an accelerated block. So we took an entire semester, you know, or I guess an entire year in one semester, every day, 90 minutes, um, and so I had bio one, bio two, my 10th grade year, and then um, chem one, chem two, my 11th grade year in anatomy physiology and also physics um, sprinkled into my 11th and 12th grade year. So I definitely, um, you know, kind of doubled up on all of the science that I could take. Unfortunately, the high school that I went to was super itty bitty and um, actually did not offer any AP classes or else I definitely would have been in those as well. So, but Gary Fields, Morgan Bragg, Um, If you guys are out there, know you are listening, maybe, maybe not, Um, you know, I just, I want to say thank you for definitely instilling a love in science in me. And so just a few facts here about um, International Day of Women and Girls in Science. So according to UNESCO, which is the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, less than 30% of researchers worldwide are women and only around 30% of all female students select STEM related fields in higher ed. And it wasn't until the 70th session of the United Nations General Assembly on December 22nd, 2015, that Resolution 70-212 was adopted officially, declaring February 11th of every year as the International Day of Women and Girls in Science. So, happy fourth anniversary uh, for International Day of Women and Girls in Science. So, STEM is so important, and, you know, I try really hard to get girls um, interested, and I do have a lot, of, a lot of girls in class, especially, you know, since I do teach physics, that are very interested in um, engineering and math, and I just think that that's super awesome and really exciting for our future. So, again, on today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about teacher burnout, and I have to give a huge shout-out to um, a lot of people out there. I put a call out to social media. So one of the very first podcasts that I ever listened to, um, it's called My Favorite Murder. Um, and it's kind of what it sounds like. It's hosted by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And it's one of my favorites. And um, so there are a couple subgroups. And so the listeners of My Favorite Murder um, are called Murderinos. And so uh, there are two subgroups out there that I'm a part of on Facebook that are called uh, Teacherinos and Educatorinos. So I put a call out on um, social media. Um, I created a Google form, um, you know, to kind of, you know, figure out what people think attribute um, to the large numbers and uh, teacher burnout, you know, overturn things like that. And um, I mean, gosh, these people stepped up. Um, so not only the teacherinos and educatorinos, but also my friends and family. Um, I put that out on my personal Facebook and everybody, you know, in droves came and answered, which I think is awesome. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping to get at least 100 people to answer. That way I'd have, you know, like a good solid number for data. And I ended up last time I checked um, with what I have written down right now, um, 324 people answered the survey. So 
thank you thank you thank you to everybody out there who helped me out um you guys did an awesome job and i'm going to be reading um a couple people's um, submissions here in a little bit so just um some of the numbers that i i really found interesting um and things that people think attribute to teacher burnout the number one uh reason okay 75 percent okay 75.0 percent out of 324 people said that administration is the biggest thing that affects teacher burnout um and as a future administrator that makes me very nervous um and, and i can see where they're coming from i have been uh very lucky um the schools that i have been out i have very very supportive administration um and uh that that's not been a reason for me you know i moved to texas so that was obviously i had to leave that school um i came to frisco from pierce and, and you know in richardson and it's just because of the commute it's never been thank goodness because of administration but i have read before you know there's kind of i guess a saying that i've seen that says people don't quit a school they quit the principals and the admin and um i mean i guess you know obviously 75 percent they can definitely attest to that um so i have not experienced that personally and i hope you know like i said as a future administrator any of you know my colleagues and teachers and paras and you know aides and service personnel and janitor you know anybody i hope i hope they don't i hope they don't feel that um so the next biggest concern uh 74.1 said class size and i can definitely see that right now sometimes i've had classes that are sitting at 30 31 32 uh, for a couple days one time i actually had a class of 42 that was obviously a clerical error and that was fixed um quite quickly but you know um but still 30 31 that's about you know average um at the school where i am now but i also have a class of 10. So, you know, it really just depends, especially on athletics. Our first period um, classes are for girls athletics and then fourth period is for boys athletics. So I think that definitely, you know, is a big reason for the, the fluctuation in numbers. Um, but, you know, whenever I was in, um, in West Virginia teaching in Cabell County Schools, my average was about 18 to 22 you know 25 was like wow that was a lot of kids but that was a co-taught class you know and so I had a co-teacher in there with me so um it wasn't as crazy as it sounded you know and then I'm like wow 31 that that's kind of cake but um and I know in West Virginia they were fighting um very recently about the omnibus bill they were wanting to up class sizes um from being capped at 26 to being capped at 31 um and so I know that they're rallying right now um, they went on strike last year, so hopefully, you know, they, they won't have to have another work stoppage. Hopefully people um, in the Senate and the House can get their act together and, and get things resolved. And these teachers can get what they need. They can get their pay raises. They can get their insurance fixed. They can have their class sizes reduced. Um, and they can get all of their needs met. Um, next on the list, 67, oh, I'm sorry, 69.4%. Um, attributed standardized testing and I was definitely expecting that one to be up there and to be very high and it is it's really no surprise I think we all kind of you know have the same feelings about standardized testing um, you know I feel like no child left behind has kind of you know gone by the wayside obviously and so I don't feel like it's as you know as big of a, a burden and, and you know things like that and 
in Texas, especially the star test. That was one thing that I kept seeing pop up over and over and over and over and over again. Um, on the Google form I had, I gave like, I think nine or 10 thing. I'm so sorry, I'm sniffling again today. I gave nine or 10 choices to pick from and then I left an open-ended um, area for people to write in and um, the star test. So obviously there were a lot of Texas teachers that responded. Um, star test was on there big time. Um, next at 67.9% were parents. So again, um, having taught and coached, I know, you know, the <sighs> parents, um, you know, it, it, it can be over-involved parents, it can be the helicopter, and it can be the lawnmower parents, but then it can also be lack of parenting and lack of interest and lack of anything. I know I've had parents before where we've called during a team meeting and they've gotten very upset with us because, you know, it's like nine o'clock and we've woken them up. Um, you know, it, it might be because maybe they worked three and four jobs, you know, to continue putting food on the table, but it might just you know, also be because nobody's there to bother them and they're, you know, they're in bed and, you know, how dare us have an interest in their child's education to wake them up. And then uh, rounding out the top five um, at 50.6%, and this was definitely higher than I had anticipated, is uh, teaching children with trauma. And um, I, th I think this is kind of new verbiage for people. Um, I think this kind of goes back to Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs. There's a lot of children whose basic needs are not being met. They're not being fed. They're not being clothed properly. They are, you know, may or may not have a bed to sleep in. Um, you know, and if they do, how many other siblings are in that bed with them? Um, are they latchkey kids? Are they, you know, I mean, are they running the streets? Do they even have a home to go home to? You know, I've had... Um, students before they're homeless and living in cars. Um, I've had students before, you know, where a family of eight or 10 is living in a two bedroom apartment. And so um, they just, they've got a lot of baggage. And sometimes, you know, that's a big thing that we have to take into consideration. And maybe love them just a little, you know, a little more. Um, so that was the top five. Other choices that I had on there were, um, you know, long commute length of work day, subject being taught, you know, whether that was you, um, you know, you weren't comfortable with it or you weren't expecting to be, you know, having to teach that. Like I'm a kindergarten teacher and always have been for 20 plus years. And then all of a sudden they're wanting me to teach fifth grade. Okay. Wow. Um, also colleagues, that one actually ranked pretty high. Um, district level or board of education, state department of education, and then curriculum. Curriculum actually was pretty low. I was kind of surprised. Um, I mean, uh, Texas is not a common core state, but I was definitely um, kind of expecting curriculum to be to be higher up there. Um, so on the short answer portion, something that I saw very frequently was too much paperwork. That was almost in every single person's response was too much paperwork. Um, it didn't really go into detail whether that was, you know, having to complete, you know, like um, IEPs and 504s and things like that and do this, do that. Um, also student behavior, lack of consequences, unrealistic expectations being set, lack of support from administration, terrible pay and insurance, 
and working outside contract hours that was almost on every person's as well so now i want to read um a few people's word for word um some of these they, they're the ones that struck me the most um so this person they said realistically everything you listed above plays a role for some people i think the biggest impact on burnout though is the lack of emphasis on self-care and mental health for teachers we are in the trenches living through all of our students traumas uh, learning differences and social struggles with them and are experiencing side effects from that because they're our babies and we can't not think about them after school yet we're pressured into being in our classrooms instead of taking mental health days or seeking counseling because our kids need us there and really our job isn't that hard anyway, right? So we go in every day, stay late to work on grading or planning and only make it home in time to go and go to bed. We have no time for self-care and aren't respected enough for people to think we might need some. Um, and then they go on to say, I'm sorry, um, but some coworkers and I have been discussing this recently because our campus is so high needs and we're struggling. Um, so thank you for that. And um, I don't have names with these or else, you know, I would thank you directly. But um, another submission said um, having to teach to the test, not being able to spend enough time focused on more meaningful lessons that foster a love of learning and reading. Too many meetings, too much data, cookie cutter grade book requirements, middle management at the district level that think they know better than me on how to design curriculum too much unnecessary required professional development, lack of funding by the state legislature, the slow um, disintegration of our pension plan and poor health care plans. Um, the next one says, uh, number one, paperwork, most of which is unnecessary. Number two, lack of respect for the teaching profession from the general public and parents. Number three, parents and even administrators and other coworkers not respecting the fact that you have a life outside of school especially when you have young children and hardly any family around you to help with your kids. Number four, students lack of respect and not taking school seriously, often because school is not made to be a priority at home and school is just something you quote, get through. Uh, five, too large of class sizes to meet each student's needs, especially when you have a large amount of students in either special education or RTI. Number six, behavior problems, both minor and major, that make it hard to get through even five to ten minutes of a lesson without having to address several misbehaviors. Um, the next submission um, says, I think a huge uh, contributor to burnout is the amount of work done outside of school hours. To be a good teacher, you need to continue learning and update your lessons to reflect best practices. Plus, the amount of grading and class sizes increase and the amount of emotional work as teachers take on more roles means that it's harder and harder to leave work at work. Um, the next one says, lack of support and resources to provide what each child needs. For example, a child with trauma doesn't cause teacher burnout, but not having the support and resources to help educate and care for a child with trauma contributes to teacher burnout. Also, the emotional labor of teaching and caring for so many children is enough to exhaust anyone. But add all of the ridiculous requirements and standards or documentation and paperwork we have to meet, and it's almost impossible to give 100% to every aspect of teaching. Uh, the next one says, class size within a Title I area where the demands of data and curriculum remain the same as my suburban teacher friends. I don't have enough time in the day to dedicate myself to meeting admin's data needs, state curriculum needs, and the needs of my students who come from homes where they're not fed, bathed, clothed, properly taken care of, educated, etc. I try every single day, but I'm failing. 
that's taking a huge toll on me. I watch my suburban friends, um, my suburban teacher friends who only complain about over-involved parents, which I'm sure are hard to navigate and I barely have words to explain what the Bronx is doing to me. It's been 11 years and I am fried. I'm so sorry. Um, and then this last one I found very interesting. Um, kind of the, hmm, I don't know, I'll let you, let you see for yourself. Um, it says, I believe that many of the teachers who become burned out quickly within five years are ones who didn't necessarily expect to become teachers, but that is the career they ended up in. Teachers who are dedicated to the profession do not typically become burned out. So that's um, an interesting one to kind of end on and to think about. Um, so I think definitely something else that I saw and I myself have experienced is uh, taking time for self-care. You know, we get so worked up. We have so many kids that we have to take care of. Um, you know, I have kids that have had kids you know, babies having babies. And I just, it, it breaks my heart. There are so many, you know, again, children with trauma and it takes a toll on you as a human being. Um, and so I think some things that can be easy for people to do, you know, a little self-care can go a, a very long way um, because you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to take care of yourself first. So some easy things and some ideas for self-care um, that you can do are get a massage. Uh, get your nails done. Um, find a new candle to burn. You can meditate. One thing that I've been doing and has helped immensely is yoga with Adrian. She has a YouTube channel and she is fabulous. Um, I've actually been getting up super early in the morning, probably earlier than I actually need to. And I've been doing yoga with Adrian in the mornings and it's so wonderful. I am definitely not a yogi by any stretch of the imagination, but she has um, lots of videos for beginners and it's just, it's been so good. Um, you know, take time by yourself, do a crossword puzzle, play a game on your phone, read or listen to a book, go for a walk, find a coworker that you can trust and confide in. Uh, bullet journal, also one of my new favorite things to do. Um, you can always pray, go get coffee with a friend, or one thing that I thought was great, um, find your favorite NSYNC song on YouTube and sing at the top of your lungs, you know, bye, bye, bye. It's going to be me. Find your favorite YouTube or not your favorite YouTube, your favorite NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, you know, maybe a song from whenever you're much younger and you know, that you still remember every word to, you know, I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but you know, I can remember uh, um, you know, like an Usher song or something, you know, something silly. Um, also one thing that I've been doing, thanks to my wonderful mother-in-law, um, I got a gift card for Elizabeth Arden and I went and did a rap over the weekend. And so, you know, they, they wrap you up, they, they do a scrub and, and then you can get like in this little cocoon and you essentially fall asleep and it's wonderful. It's very blissful. And, and that was just, man to have like that half an hour to myself in the dark to not have anything going on and to just relax was much needed um if you're in the dfw area there is an elizabeth arden at willowbend and ask for winnie <laughs> she's fabulous and, and and take care of yourself okay we need you and you know take a mental health day it's okay 
all right? I've seen so many people will say, oh gosh, should I really take the day off? Um, do it. If you need it, do it, okay? We're given those days for a reason. Take them, okay? We all need a good mental health day every now and then. Um, so one thing I also wanted to say was um, Coffees and Cardigans in the Classroom can now be found on Google Podcasts, also on Spotify, on Breaker, on Pocket Casts, and also on Radio Publix. So we're getting out there. So if you can do me a favor and rate, review, and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate that. And again, you can find us on Twitter at CC Classroom. And you can also uh, email me, okay, old school, at coffeesandcardigans123 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Drop me a line. Tweet me. Actually, um, you, I don't know if you can tweet me or not. I was setting up my Twitter and I accidentally put the age in, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like clever and set the birthday as the first day the podcast aired and then got, um, you know, like the blue screen of death that you have to be 13 or older and now they want like a copy of my driver's license. So we might be, <laughs> might be making a new Twitter. So, you know, just be on the lookout for that. Um, probably in the next episode, I'll let you guys know because I'm not going to send Twitter my, my driver's license. So, um, but again, thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a fantastic day.